0: and quantum leadership development between them. Once again, thanks for joining us and enjoy today's show.
1: Well, here we go. We've got another one here for you, folks. Thanks for joining us. We are Mainline Executive Coaching, ACT, Action. That's what we're about. Action, leadership, cultural transformation, and action. And we're going to continue what we've started earlier uh, this week with this series of you know, what's going on with leaders and why are they failing? And what's going on about that? And what can they do about it? This is going to be our wrap-up on it. And we'll be talking about some very specific things that you could do. I'm here with my partner, Rich Barron. Hello. Good to have you here, Rich. And I'm Michael Bailey. And let's dig right into it. And um, anything we want to you want you wanna say before we actually get into the the PowerPoint presentation? No, this is um Yes, I do not no, But yes. Yes, right. <laughs> <laughs> yes I, do. I do have something
0: to say. Uh, you know, this is this has been a really interesting uh, series on this respect. And there's been so much in the news recently, uh, about toxic cultures. Yeah. And one of the primary reasons behind this is this lack of respect is a real big cause for this toxic culture issue. And um, in a lot of ways, the great resignation and what is being called uh, an upcoming, uh, another one calling the the great recoil. Now, these are issues that uh, uh, we talked about, and we're going to unpack even other issues going beyond this. But Mm -hmm. again, 1.4 million employee reviews. And I know you got a slide on that. Yeah. From multiple sources, and the number one reason was respect. 18 times uh, a bigger indicator of uh, toxic culture and poor leadership.
1: 18 times—that's that's, that's mind blowing than the, just yeah. the average discussion about things. Yeah, 18 times, phenomenal. All right, which goes back to just treating people well. If just if we just kind of lose that sometimes. Well, let's get into this. All right. Let's do it. Uh, all right. You can see that slideshow. show. I'm going to start right from the beginning here. And I think we are. Are we ready? Okay. Here we go. So why leaders fail. Number one, part three, why leaders and managers must give respect and how. That's what we've been looking at here. And again, as you were referring to, Rich, this is based on findings MIT at MIT. SMR, Glassdoor Culture, 1.4 million employee reviews. Now, we're, we've been looking at the data here. What we're coming up with in terms of how do you approach this? How do you solve this? This is additional research that we've done that we're bringing to this discussion. So um, they've they've come up with the numbers and the research of the surveys, and this is how we're starting to address this whole matter here. So let's start here. Uh, reasons you must change and improve. This is an integral discussion, and we talked about this a little bit before, and that's this notion of leaders. There is something, because you are a leader, you are in a leadership position that you you must know, you must recognize. This is no small deal, this is a huge deal. Great leaders do certain kinds of things, and they do them regularly, consistently. They do them out of either their own natural nature or second nature, because they've just learned how to do these things. And so this idea and uh, of change and improvement it is part of your integrity it is part of who it is that you are you do it for yourself you do it for your family you do it for your friends and you yes, also yes. do it you know because this is who you are which then leads to uh, the people that you lead again leadership is a gift it is an opportunity and it is a privilege and part of what it is that you're doing as a leader to really show your gratitude to exemplify, your your understanding of the opportunity and of the gift is that you are working on yourself to improve who you are as a person as also as a leader this is something that great leaders do they feel this obligation to be their best so what are your insights about that rich
0: integrity really is about trust and, and we talk a lot about hope you know employees hope that they they're going to have a great work environment. They hope things are going to change. They hope the leaders are going to listen to them and hope in, in its purest form is trust. So all about this integrity and, and making sure that, you know, you're you're doing things the way you say you're going to do it.
1: Right.
0: And you you stick to your guns and they, they trust you for who you are now. I'll I'll tell you what, the second that changes or you do something differently than what you've promised without communicating that, which is a a key part of this, you've lost a lot of your street cred and it goes fast. In fact, regardless of the people who are leading uh, those different departments, and this is a message for the C-suite, this is a message for the executive VPs out there. 94% of those people will blame you for the issues that that whoever, all their leaders have done in that organization. It's going to come back to you. And that's one thing that you need to make sure that as as you're building this culture, remember it's top down. Your integrity needs to start at the top and become part of that organizational culture.
1: Absolutely. And that then leads to the second point that the people you lead – you're becoming your best, you're developing your best, your best skills, your best management skills, your best people skills, your best strategic planning and critical thinking skills. You're doing that as well as your character, what you're talking about, the integrity issue, the trust issue. You're doing that for the people that you lead, which comes back to an interesting thing about uh, that we talked about earlier, that you have as a leader, a certain kind of affection, a certain kind of a Protection feeling about the people that you're leading. There's a certain yes. sense of connection that you have that you want to help them out. You want to take care of them, not like like a nanny, not like that kind of stuff. That's crazy. But they're giving their time, their best, their their efforts, and you have this kind of yeah. You're working. I want to make sure that you're okay. There's that sec. That's that 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 part of that whole thing that that's about here. So that then leads obviously then next to the organization, the organization. Why would a leader, you know, briefly want to become his or her best self for the sake of the organization?
0: Well, again, this, this is a top-down issue, but why, why would you? Because in a lot of ways, this is how the organization will go. As you go as a leader, the organization will follow. If if you're lackadaisical, if if you you fail to, to change, if you fail to communicate, the organization's going to go along with that, and that comes to the also is going to impact the next bullet points that we're going to talk about here in just a moment. But the organization is absolutely impaired because that's everybody as a whole, that's the group as a whole, that's the vision of the company, the mission of the company. What's the purpose of the organization? It's to it's to I'm sure someone didn't just start this organization with a dollar sign in mind. There was a product involved. There was a a, 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 a wanting to help people involved. There was something else involved that started that organization. What was that? What was that? And, and, And being able to respect those initial reasons why you're in business.
1: Right, and even if you're not at that C level, Maybe you're at a, a director level. Maybe you're at a, a senior project leader, senior director. Maybe somewhere in the middle of management. Maybe even there, that still applies to you. If you have that leadership position, again, it's about you. What you do in your organization has an effect upon other people. You're the example that you set. You know, people that are outstanding in their in their performance, people, other people notice. What is that person doing? What's that guy doing? What's that? What's that gal doing? What is it they're doing? they're doing something different and their team works in a different manner there's a different kind of synergy a different kind of respect a yes. different kind of enthusiasm that that leader brings to their team that then is you know brought back to uh to to the leader you know through the uh the individuals that are on that team it's a reciprocal relationship that really feeds on itself in very positive ways or it feeds on itself in negative ways which becomes you know this toxicity that everybody talks about How about your clients, customers, vendors, et cetera? What about, why would you be doing that for them? Oh, this
0: is is huge because it's the way you treat your people, the way that the culture of the organization is uh, about respect and honor and doing the right thing all the time is going to directly impact your client relationships, your customer relationships, your vendor relationships, and retention for all three of those because it's it's the people in your organization that are in direct contact every day with your clients your customers your vendors they're going to that are going to really determine your your retention rates and growth rates and how you are perceived in the market yeah you know you're not the one you know the ceo is not the one who's talking to these people every day the cmo is not the one talking to these people every day this chief operating officer the the executive vice presidents they're not the ones talking to these people every day it's your people that work in your various departments that are
1: and it's how a are you treating this give character yeah it's a because the and this is not always true but the way you are you know in one thing will have a tendency to be be the way you are in, in pretty much everything not always there are those people that are kind of sneak in are kind of duplicitous there one way, this way, and then another way, that way. But generally speaking, just for it to be sane and healthy, if you're good and kind and encouraging to other people, and you know, believe in them, you'll do it. You'll carry it over because it's part of who it is that you are. Yeah. But this last one, the legacy of the organization. Yeah. You were you were talking about that earlier about you know why was the original what was the original intent, mission, yeah. and vision of the company? Why is that important to carry that on? That you are part of carrying on that legacy.
0: You know, the the legacy of the organization isn't just let's not just about the organization and something you said earlier, uh, you know, this this mindset going forth, wanting to build altruistic, genuine relationships with people every single day and every facet of your life carries over into your work. It carries over into your family. It carries into everything you do. And so the legacy of the organization is going to be a direct mirror, as it will, of the the people who lead that organization, a direct reflection on them. How is it going to be viewed otherwise? You know, a lot of times you see in in the news uh, about organizations that have gone belly up or have, you know, that they've been caught doing something that was not exactly above board. And and who are the ones that they call out on that? It's not everybody else, you know, the the specific departments. It's not the people in manufacturing. It's not the people in logistics. It is the senior leadership of that organization. So if you're doing something as a senior in, in the senior leadership of that organization, that's not above board, that's gonna impact everybody else in that organization, you really need to step back and decide if you should be there or if you need help changing who you are
1: yes 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 that's uh because sometimes let's be honest some times people just don't know yeah they just aren't aware people say that they're aware but you know when you actually look at the studies yeah no like 85 percent of people have no idea what's really going on i don't mean intellectually but in terms of their own self-awareness we don't tend to be very good at being self-aware Let's go into this next one, which then leads into what we're talking about here on a deeper level. And this is this. Here it is right here. You must resist. This yeah. is how we've done. We, you must resist. This yeah. is how it's always been. You must resist. If this is just the way that we do things. You have to resist that. And so what we're going to talk about here are some ways that you can resist. Oh, we're going to suggest that you stop that. So resist procrastinating the actions of change. If you're getting some some notions here that there's some real changes going on, stop putting it off. Yeah. Put a plan in place. Start doing something about it. Stop procrastinating. You know, that is the number one. Re- I am convinced. I really am. Procrastination is, one of, is probably the number one reason that there is misery in the world. I would agree. I'd absolutely agree. There's the opportunity for change and to be better and to do better and to help others. They just don't take it. Just don't do it. So it perpetuates the the problems, the misery. How about this one here? Resist taking the easy way. You had some ideas on this earlier. What about, what do you think about resist taking the easy way?
0: You know, it's, that's not always the best way. Here's, here's the thing. Okay. Um, well, we've talked about this. I don't know how many times. Seventy-five percent of the organizations out there fell. They flat out fell because they can't change. They don't understand the difficulties of change and using the people around them to help incorporate that. There's a great book, Michael. It's it's called. Uh, it's written by William Conway, and uh, he was he was a CEO of an organization, and he developed his own organization after that but he's got a book it's called it was it was called the quality secret the right way to manage and if you haven't read this book it's it's a great it's a great book on this because he talks about change talks about waste and, and all those things in his book and why people do the 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 things you know they've always done you know why are we filling this form out well I don't know that's we've always filled it out well where does it go it goes in that drawer over there what does it go after that? Well, it goes in the box, and then in two years we uh, you know we'll probably shred it. Does anybody ever see it? No, That's the whole thing about some of the things. This is how we've always done it. So you really need to take a, a strong look at what you're doing and if it's something that's really creating waste. and i'm I'm talking about not just waste in in the paper scent or something like that, if it's creating waste for the time of your people, creating ways for their talents, creating ways for their skill set by doing things that that really are not value added.
1: They're drainers when you really They're take a dra- look at it. Drain drainers, the the discouragers. Absolutely. They they you know, they impede the momentum. I mean it just it yeah. just creates them. The easy way, the easy way is let's just keep doing the way we've always done. Like and that's
0: saying. what happens with procrastination. Yeah. We don't, it's hard. So let's not take a look at that today. We'll do it next week. Or let's let's uh, let's put that on the calendar for Q three. <laughs> okay. Well, if today's the first day of Q one. We got plenty of time. You know that that kind of thing. Why put it off? Why put off something that can positively impact not only yourself, all the but all the people around you, and your organization, and your clients, and your customers, and your vendors, and the list goes
1: on. Well said. Next one here is ties into this resist your own inertia. You know, it's that whole thing, uh, you know, an object in motion tends to stay in motion and an object at rest tends to stay at rest at rest. Yeah. Yeah. That whole thing, you know, you're going to have to put some more effort into it. You have to put some more intentionality into it. You have to put some more energy into doing these changes. It's not going to just come automatically. Yeah. This next one, here: resist the C-suites illusion of the comfort zone. <laughs> what about that one,
0: Rich? You know, this is this is one that, you know, everything's going great. You know, the numbers are looking really good this month. Um, you know, it's all about numbers, it's all about revenue, it's all about whatever without really seeing there might be some real problems. Getting out there and finding out, talking to people. Here's the thing, the comfort zone is a killer. Not only is it a career killer, it's an organizational killer. It's a client customer relationship killer, name it. If you're sitting in your comfort zone, you know, listening with the headphones on, listening to, you know, whatever it may be you're listening to or not, or thinking about the next golf game or, you know, whatever, or the next car you're going to buy or something like that, because you, your are leader and you got your name on the corner office. And I'm Maybe I'm getting a going down the wrong path here a little bit, but that comfort zone is going to kill not only your personal career, but it's going to kill the career of others around you, and it's going to kill your organization. Yeah, get out of that comfort zone and make the changes that you need to. Listen to the people around you. You know, David Burnell said something the other day in, in one of our, our, our uh, episodes. Michael, he said. Give people the tools, give them the training, and then get out of their way. Let them help you change this. Let them And pay attention to what they're doing. Listen to them. And allow them the room to stretch their legs.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Comfort zone is like drinking from the poison well. At the moment, it seems like it's refreshing. But in the end, as you're saying, it'll kill you. Poison well, that's what it is. Let's go to this next one. Well said. Resist your own fears, doubts, and excuses. I think this is probably one of the big ones. I really do. Absolutely. What are your thoughts here?
0: Fear is a reaction. Courage is a decision. When you have fears, then those things creep in your mind about the doubts. You know, well, you know, I shouldn't, you know, I shouldn't do this. I shouldn't do that because it might do this. Okay. Yeah, it might. But you're not going to know until you get going down that path. And once you're going down that path, you can change that. You know, it's, you, you might be able to change that. But one thing's for certain. Uh, one thing is for certain. And Here's the deal. Make a decision. Get, get the, uh, the, as much information you, as you need to make that decision and make it and get on the path. Because the more you're afraid to move, the more you're afraid to make that decision, the more you're afraid to pivot or communicate the more time goes by. And you can't get that time back. Not only that, you, you keep reinforcing the procrastination. Yeah, you, you keep practicing it procrastination. Yeah. Excuses, you know, I. You know, let's not do this today. Uh, you know, again, I think we're, we'd be better suited to put table this until, you know, uh, sometime in the future. Well, that time in the future, you may have missed your opportunity, your window of opportunity. Again, this all comes back to fear. Fear is a reaction, courage is a decision.
1: Good, good. So leaders, whatever level of the organization you're at, or even emerging or aspiring leaders, why would you do these things? Why would you put yourself outside the comfort zone, put yourself in situations that are uncomfortable, that are hard, that are difficult, that really challenge you? Why would you do these things? Well, that's
0: what leaders do.
1: That's exactly right. That's what they do. Every Every day. Every day, right?
0: Every day. And not just at the workplace. Leadership development will impact every aspect of your life at home. It'll improve your home life. It'll improve your work life. It'll improve your career. It'll improve those things of, of those people around you. It will help you see things in a different light that you truly don't, won't get until you
1: go through that leadership development journey. That's right. How you exercise, how you organize your day, how you prepare for the day, how you sit down with somebody in a meeting, how you go into a meeting, how you you plan, how you go and you walk through your offices or you got walk through your manufacturing plant, wherever it is you are. All these things, all these things add up to this whole thing of becoming a leader. It's what you do in every day and throughout every day. So let's give them some some points here, areas of action and focus here. You're going to notice something. We're going to look at this strategically, and then we're going to look at this tactically. And notice the difference between strategic and tactical, all right? Become a relator, become a listener, become a responder, become a supporter and advocate, become a collaborator, become the leader your people need and want. Notice here where it starts. You, the leader, must decide. Yeah. It's a decision. It's not a reaction. It's a decision. It starts
0: with vulnerability. It starts with humility. It starts with with all those things. Step one. Courage. Courage. It starts with courage. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. So these these are decisions. And you may say, well, I'm not good with working with people. Okay. You notice I didn't say... uh, if you're not good at it, don't do that. If you're not a good listener, I'm not a good listener. I, I, I'm just not really good. You know, I didn't say, well, if you're not a good listener, you can cross that one off. If you're not very good at responding, you know, you you know, you know, the emails or just talking to people, you're not good at that. You, because of that, because you're not good at it. You're special. As John would say, you're so special. <laughs> special. You don't have to respond because you're special, right? You know, those, none of those excuses cut it here, man. They don't cut it. It says, if you're not that, or you are that somewhat, become that, become more of that, more of a supporter, more of an advocate, more of a collaborator, become. It's a decision, and I'm telling you, That's sometimes why coaching is so important, because sometimes we put these impediments in our way. We don't even realize what we're doing. We think that they're real. They think that they're actually like, this is the real thing going on here. And so what coaches start doing is they start moving you around so that you start seeing, no, you're not kidding anybody. You're only kidding yourself. Yeah. You say, well, I'm not that well. Maybe not, but maybe there's more there to help you out. Maybe you have a hidden strength you don't even know about. That is exactly right. And that's what our our surveys do. Yep. They help you start seeing what's going on here. So this is the become. This is where it starts. This is strategic. And you go over here, the tactical. What does that actually look like? Meet with your people, company-wide, divisions, teams, and individuals. Meet with them. Now you're putting yourself in that position to be a relator a yep. listener, a responder, a re- a support, all these things. Why would that be important to actually go out and meet and talk with these folks? It's its part of empathy. It really is. We're going through this together.
0: We're going through this together. We're going through this change together. We're going through this new product rollout together. We're going through this, this, this buyout together, whatever it may be, but we're doing it together. The trick of that is, is don't stay there. Be empathetic, but have an action plan to get everybody going. And that's part of meeting with your people. What's, what are we doing? What can we, what, what can we do as a, as a as a whole to invest everybody's talents and time
1: into, into what we need to get done? Yeah, sometimes people get stuck at that, that empathy point. And what they don't understand is that if you develop the empathy, that leads eventually to a higher level of synergy. Synergy yes. and empathy are, you know, they're, they're, they're connected. When you really look at that, you've got to have both ends of that continuum in your communication, and your relationship building that, yeah, that's tough, that's hard, and here's what we're going to do. Let's take it on. How are we going to work together? And all of a sudden, bam, you're in synergy. Yep. They all connect. They all work. Let's go to the next one here. Uh, This is one that's a big one for you, too. Keep everyone informed. Yes.
0: Communication. It, It rolls sideways. It rolls up. It rolls down everybody in the organization needs to be kept informed and here's another thing sometimes we make mistakes in our communication that happens it's going to happen the best way to do that is to immediately admit sorry that was a mis- a miscommunication this is- own it own, own it own it don't do this don't blame somebody else for your miscommunication own that communication
1: yeah, and then from there you can go on to fix it, take care of it, that's care it, it that's, that's change a, it, apologize.
0: Yeah, mistakes like that are still. We're all humans. We're all flawed. We're going to make those mistakes.
1: Yeah, and unless you're in a really an organization that is treacherous, yeah. and I, and I mean that, there are some organizations that are treacherous. They look for people's weaknesses. They look for for people to make mistakes. They look for any little end that they can you know turn against an individual. If that's an organization you're you're working in, you need to get out of it because that's a that's a organization of treachery That's high level toxicity when you take a look at that. Yes, not this one engage every day. Engage not only yourself,
0: but I th- I think the first place to start is yourself. Engage yourself. Yep. Yeah, and, and you ask yourself door. Now, why do you get up in the morning? What what's your driving right force? Why? What's going to get you up to to go out and get dressed and get in that car and drive it however many miles of that office and and face you know the day. What's it gonna take? Or, yeah. you know, even even getting on on your computer at home, whatever that may be,
1: why are you doing that?
0: Engage yourself first.
1: Yeah. Stop getting ready to get ready so that one of these days, Doug on I'm gonna actually get ready and get ready. Yeah. You know just you know learn how to engage quickly what is, what are your routines what are your the ways that you deal with yourself to get you so that you're quickly engaged and ready to st- go out there and start engaging everybody else and inviting them in turn to engage with you that's exactly right yeah how about this one this is this is going to be a tough one here yeah don't be don't defend. defend. yeah take it in and reflect that's that's a hard one for a lot of a lot of leaders, oh, yeah, its is. Physicians—they're not very good at reflecting. They're—they're they're often good at reacting, but reflecting is a whole different deal. Yeah. So why would you know somebody has something that's difficult for us to hear, that's offending us, or making us look bad, or calling us out? You know why would? Because the tendency is to defend. Watch just just watch that I had a conversation the other day with somebody, and it, it, it just went to kind of defense. Said, so, "I'm not doing that. I'm not talking about that. I, I just." Just hear me, hear what it is I am saying. Yeah. Let's take it in. Let's think this thing through. Th- those are those are not only words of encouragement and direction. You know what they are? Those are skills. And most people have got to learn those skills in order to be an effective leader. What are your thoughts? Oh, absolutely. I, w- I want to, you know, these skills. So how do you learn these skills?
0: Let's let's talk about that for just a minute. How do you become a relator? How do you become a better listener or a better responder? One thing we we say, you know, with ILEC, and and it's true with anything, is is prescription before diagnosis is malpractice. How do you become these things? Where where do we start? We start with that inner core, really defining what your beliefs are, what your feelings are, and how they impact these things on the outer core that which is communication, response, being supportive, being a team leader, being a collaborator. All of these things start with the, the the inner core of who you truly are. And that's where we start. That's where we start with our assessments to really determine who where your initial leadership skills lie. Now, here's a problem: is a lot of times people think I can become a better listener if I attend this seminar. Well, that's great because. You know, seminars are awesome. I'm not, I'm not going to down those at all. But here's the thing is those seminars and some of these week-long maybe uh, meetings at work or, or, you know, whatever they're going to be, are going to come in and they're going to talk about, well, this week we're going to talk about how you can be a better supporter and advocate as a, with a group. Well, that's great. But at the end, do you really understand how you personally can get to that point? Because everybody's different. Everybody gets to that point differently. Yeah, That's where we start. That's where we start to help you individually find that path to get there. It's not just about reading a book, which is, which is things that we'll, we suggest. It's not just about uh, attending a seminar, which is things we suggest. It's, it's about starting at a certain point individually and then branching out from there.
1: That's right. It's finding that starting point and then building on that, building yes. on the strengths and then addressing the other areas of need. And it's uh it's a methodical thing. It's it's methodical, uh, and it's very custom. This is not a cookie cutter thing that we do. It no. is very custom. It has to the work we do has to be very customized to the individual. And that's why it's so powerful because it's so customized, it's so personal, it's so absolutely applicable immediately applicable to you and what's going on with you. And that's that that whole catalyst of change really starts to take place. The final point here is this one. Keep the conversation going. That's the point. Keep yes. it going. It's not a one-time deal like you're talking about. It's not just a seminar. It's just not a once-in-a-while thing that we come around to visit. It's the ongoing thing of we do. This is how we do it. This is what we do every day. This is how we do all these things and we show up what about this? Because this, this is hard. This, this is for like one this or two times or three work. times. But once you start getting to the fourth and fifth time of doing this, I mean, all of a sudden, again, you're bouncing around in that comfort zone and everything's screaming at you don't have time for this. This, this is too hard. This is too difficult. You do so have all to. the noise starts happening,
0: right? You know where the time comes from is it becomes part of your culture it becomes part of who you are as an organization that keeping that conversation going. Um, that's important. It's, you know, we see a lot of this, the new year's resolutions happen with organizations too. Then Q1 comes around to new fiscal year, you know, regardless of the time of year, it starts a new fiscal year, man, we're going to hit this next year going, we got this, we got all these plans. And then by the end of Q1 going into Q2, it's like, well, what happened to that initiative?
1: We know, well, an it organization. Got yeah. we know an organization that it, that exactly worked that way, and they got lucky for a number of years, but they were always coming up with a Q1 stretch, strategic plan for the year. And by the time they hit Q2, they would thrown it out, they're doing something else, and their luck ran out.
0: They ran out, and they were blaming others. They were doing the, the old I blame you salute for the lack of follow through on that initiative.
1: They lack never, of integrity. Never owned it. Never that's right. Never owned it. No integrity. They, they they you know, now they're paying the price. Don't pay the price, folks. Yeah. Don't pay it, leaders. Get on it. Get on it now. Yeah. Get get with it. Learn what yeah. you need to do. Get some help. Nobody does it alone. That's the key thing to get it. I mean, nobody does it alone. Everyone needs help. And the sooner yeah. you recognize that and you get the kind of help that you specifically customize, personalize to you. Yep. You'll be amazed at how fast things start turning around. That's, that's what we do here. Mainland I think, it's, I think it's,
0: it's important to note this company was a $400 million company.
1: Yeah, it was. With
0: facilities across the United States.
1: And now? No. Small and strong.
0: Yeah, now there's,
1: they're, they're scratching their head, figuring that's out sad. what the heck happened. It's so. sad. Yeah, so... What's the, what's the point of bad examples have you heard this one what's the, we know what the good point of good examples are but what's the point of bad examples do you know no no what is that to show bad examples
0: to show that okay <laughs> it's pretty it's one of those hidden questions hidden <laughs>
1: answers it's a tough one <laughs> <Quick> answers. <Yeah. laughs> all right so let's sign off on this one this is uh appreciate you folks being here and being part of it we've got a call out or a you know you know yes. shout out rather to somebody who is it we wanted to give this shout out to
0: this is uh and i'm gonna let you tell us where they're at but this is for the london business school the london it, business school
1: is it e-business or lo- business school just lo- london business school okay london business school and they are in royal kensington and chelsea that's where they are i went yes. to look at them on the map and some of the some of the great places, some of the great restaurants they have, some of the great sites, it's just, it's just east of London. Yeah. And uh, thank you for watching. Thank you for being part of our group here. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to hear, you know, talk to some of you folks out there at the business school. That'd be tremendous. So don't be shy. Show up, uh, send, up uh, send us a, uh, go to our website, send us an email. Yes. Let's, let's talk.
0: Yep. All right. Executive Leaders Act, ILEC.com. My email address is rbarron at intelligentleadershipec.com. Michael's is mbailey at ec.com Send us a message. Look look for us on LinkedIn. Let's talk. Let's connect. We've got a lot of things to show you. We've got a lot of things that we can, we can get you started on that path. But it all starts with that initial conversation. Let's just talk. Let's build rapport.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. All right, folks. All the best. You have a great weekend.
0: All right, take care, be safe. We'll see you next time. With all of the issues facing leaders and organizations today, you need executive coaching more than ever. Go to our websites, richbaronexecutivecoaching.com or michaelbailey.com. You can also find us both on LinkedIn. Reach out to us and let's sit down and find out just how bright your future can be With executive coaching. We'd also like to thank all of our supporters in over 60 countries and 600 cities worldwide who have helped to make us one of the top executive coaching podcasts in the world. From Rich Barron and Michael Bailey, this is Mainline Executive Coaching ACT. Thank you and take care.